Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and a special big shout out to my listeners from Greece, Norway, Ireland, Germany, Nigeria, Finland, Japan, Uganda, Netherlands, Spain, the Philippines, France, China, Australia, UK, Russia, and my local and United States fans, I want to thank you all for listening and for your support for tuning into the Transformation for Success show each way, each week. And just as a reminder, I'm live on the Empowerment Channel Tuesdays at noon and on the Women's Channel on Fridays at noon. Both shows are available for downloading shortly after the last show on my website. And it's also on iTunes, Transformation for Success. I want you to share with your friends and colleagues. You know, this month, I am continuing to chat with men and women trailblazers who've made remarkable progress in their transformational journeys. So today, in the studio, we have one such person, Mr. Hemming Morales, who has a compelling transformational story of how he navigated his life to become the success he is today. I had the opportunity of meeting him a few months ago and I was so impressed he was on stage and I was just I was just absolutely agog at his incredible story and today I'm so happy that I have Heming Morales on the show. Let me share just a little bit about him. He is a successful best-selling author professional keynote speaker. He's critically acclaimed educator and filmmaker. And although he's involved in a number of media projects, they all have one central theme, and that is the direct coaching of kids and the coaches, parents, aunts and uncles, teachers, and other kids who influence them. Now, he defines kids as young people, millennials, or people of any age who are young at heart. And of course, Heming, that includes me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so Heming is going to share today how a sports injury ended his baseball career at 15 years of age, once a happy-go-lucky scholar-athlete with one goal in mind, to play professional baseball. So I want you to stay tuned as you're going to hear more about how this young man transformed his life and is communicating his life lessons to the masses today. So if you're listening live and you have questions of Hemming, you're welcome to call in the show. And I don't want you to be shy. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9141. And I know he would be delighted to take your questions. So hello, Hemming. Hello, Dr. Young. How are you today? I am. I'm fantastic. Although, you know, we got a heat wave going on, but I got a heat wave going on having you on the show. I <laughs> uh, appreciate that. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show and to share your incredible journey and some of the things that you're doing. So would you share a little bit of how this all began? I sort of prefaced it by saying, you know, you had this injury at 15 years of age. And, you know, what was that like after years of traveling teams and trophy celebrations and all-star accolades? How in the world did you handle that when you had a halt with your injury? Well, I, uh, it, for me, Dr. Young, I think it's important uh, to point out, I grew up in a, in a, in a very uh, quote-unquote normal uh, environment, average environment, suburban, uh, suburban environment outside of New York. And mm-hmm. uh, my, school, uh, my school experience was very positive. My teachers were very positive. And I never got in any trouble. I had good friends, and it, it was it was like a dream life for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I did get injured, it was in wrestling practice, actually. That uh, yeah, yeah, You're and I fractured. Baseball. Yeah, I played baseball, football, uh, basketball, oh, wrestling, wow. tennis, everything. I play, whatever I could play, you know. <laughs> I love sports. Love sports, and. Uh, and, and yeah, as you said, my goal was to play baseball, and and I was going into my 
my uh, sophomore year of high school, that's when scouts would start to come out and, 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 and look at the players and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and as you said, I was on some traveling teams and I was, I was a good baseball player in my mind and I had a really good work ethic. So I was very confident that that was my direction. I extremely confident. Mm-hmm. And during uh, baseball, uh, during, I should say, wrestling uh, practice, actually, the captain of the wrestling team, which I, I took on the captain, which was not a, a wise uh a wise move. He was two weight classes above me and he was the best wrestler on the team. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, so put me in the hospital for about two weeks oh. and, um, screaming, crying, ambulance, the whole nine yards. And, oh. and it, it was, uh, it was the most traumatic experience, obviously of my young life at that time at age 15 going on 16. Mm-hmm. And for me, my, as far as, as far as I could tell, my life was over. There was no, there was no, there was nothing left. Like everything that I had wanted to do uh, mm-hmm. up to that time was now over. So, uh, so now what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And you know, at that age, we're so impressionable. You know, it's, it's like something happens. We do say, well, my life is over. Now what do I do? Oh, wow. Absolutely. The, the kids, you know, and again, I spent uh, several years uh, now, it's going on, I think, seven, eight years, really analyzing the teenage mindset, writing about it, talking about it, mm-hmm. listening to experts who come to my events and attending other experts events, uh, other experts events as a guest speaker. And, and, uh, and again, you're, you're absolutely right. That that's the exact word impressionable. It's, it's something that, um, you know, teenagers especially are, are very simple uh, in terms of their thought process until they, they, they develop their, their thought process a little bit better. Things are black and white. Things are That's good right. or bad. Right. Uh, they're right. positive or negative. And, and, and you, you, it's hard for a teenager. Again, it depends on, it depends on uh, your maturity level at that age. Right. Different, right. Every, it is always exceptions to the rule. But for the most part, for me, it was, um, it was despair. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Uh, my father, uh, even though he provided really well for us and we became closer later on, he was not mm-hmm. really that close to me growing up. And my parents mm-hmm. were divorced. Uh, and so I didn't really feel close to him. And in fact, we talk about baseball. I, I've been, um, he, he hadn't even never come, he hadn't come to one baseball game. Oh, and so wow. he didn't really, yeah. And I didn't ever take it personally. It just wasn't no, his. It's just, it was, it was, was a fact. <laughs> yeah, it was a fact. Exactly. He didn't know what, what that meant to me. And my mom did the best she could, but she was working and she was on her own journey. And for me, I was pretty much left to my own devices. So I didn't have my parents to talk to. My coaches uh, were my mentors, my coaches and my and the other, the older players. Those are the people who I talked to. I got advice mm-hmm. from who I modeled. They were gone all of a sudden. And my teachers, uh, although they met well, I didn't have feel like I had anything in common with high school teachers. They didn't know mm-hmm. what. What was uh, what what was going on with me and my friends? That you know, at that age, again, I was too cool to talk to my friends about any problems. So I didn't have any outlet, anyone to talk to, and it just uh, I went into a downward spiral. Started getting into fights and started to to um, raise um, uh, raise uh, all kinds of heck uh, with with the te- with my teachers, with my parents, and mm-hmm. and just found things to do to get attention where where it was lacking in my life. And but you were uh, angry. Hemant, let's face it, you were angry. <laughs> There's a I lot was, of anger. <laughs> I was extremely angry. I didn't smile for a whole year, uh, Dr. Oh, Young. That was, how, that was how angry I was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and you smile yeah. so much now, it's hard to believe. I know people find that hard to believe because you're always smiling. <laughs> well, here's, here's what's, this is an interesting point, is that you, you never know what's going on with somebody. Before all that happened, That's I was true. laughing, joking around all the time. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, I was just totally lost. I didn't know what to do. And uh, I guess you call it despair. It wasn't mm-hmm. depression necessarily, but I guess you call it despair. And again, a lot of people go through a lot worse than, 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 than I do. I, we, I didn't have uh, uh, any type of violent upbringing. There was no poverty. There was no drug abuse, alcohol abuse. And again, I think that sometimes is what makes the story that much more that what much more engaging for people because I was just an average kid whose parents left them to his own devices because because he was happy and then when something happened that changed it, it there wasn't anybody paying attention to me and I just didn't know what yeah, where to what turn. To do. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, I mean, it's really interesting, too, but, you know, sometimes I think 
uh, despair, as we call it, some of these things come to not to defeat us, but to help us to overcome, to become the greatness that's within us. So what happened that turned your life around from growing more and more into despair and bitterness? Yeah, well, for me, somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew I was getting I was getting more and more off track and getting more and more scared. The, the, the anger turned to fear as the people who I was hanging around with were getting more and more sketchy and the situations I was finding myself in were more uh-huh. and more sketchy. But I was like on a, on, on, a, on a runaway train. I didn't feel like I had any control over that and it was just happening to me. Uh-huh. I, I met some super high-powered motivational masters. I, I actually... Uh, went in for a summer job thinking I was going to be loading boxes or digging ditches or whatever kids at 16 or seven, I was 17 at the time, uh-huh. whatever you do to make money at that age. And, um, and I met these guys at this company who were just, they were just unbelievable to me. They were not that much older than I was and they were making money, doing well. They were happy people. And I just, I learned some things from that group that got me away from my uh, troublemaker friends. Mm-hmm. It got me away from seeking out attention in um, in destructive manners, mm-hmm. and it got me to learn concepts that I just was not familiar with. I learned what a goal was, and for me, a goal was something in sports. It wasn't something in life. I, I didn't have any any con- And this again is for your listeners and and, and mm-hmm. you know kids. When you're dealing with teenagers, they don't have reference points, and a lot of things are new to them. And you think they That's might right. know because they're so smart. I didn't know what a goal was. I didn't know that you could set <laughs> oh, yeah. a goal and achieve a goal. I didn't know uh-huh. what that meant. The concept right. was foreign to me. I learned that. I learned about about a, a positive mental attitude. The only thing I knew about attitude was that I had a bad one. That's what I <laughs> Not a positive one. <laughs> that's, that's what he used to tell me. You have a bad attitude. I didn't know what that meant. Like, what does it mean? Uh, to have a bad attitude is a way to have a good attitude. What a concept! I didn't that didn't register with me, Doctor Young. It was foreign concepts to me. And then I learned things. Uh, I learned about caring about other people, about the the, the 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 decisions you make and the actions you make are affecting other people. And I, I, I it happened all all at once. It was something that I was I was I was overtaken by all this new information. Uh, and it was exciting to me. It was exciting because I saw that I was in control, and I also thought about all the all the uh, all the problems that I was putting my parents through, and my friends who were who were concerned about me. And even though the teachers were giving me a hard time, they were really concerned that I was going off deep end. And I realized I realized how to deal with other people, how to deal with adults, how to be more mature. And, and and I just learned all these wonderful things, and ever since then I've I've be I've become a, ever since then I've been a, a really a proponent of sharing concepts, these types of concepts with mm-hmm. people who maybe they know it, but maybe they forgot, or maybe they don't know it at all, and that's where we're dealing with young that's, people. That's is what really I think exciting. we're dealing with, right? Yeah. You know, one of the one of the most important things that's that kind of stood out to me as you're sharing this is that there were several things that happened to you. One, number one. You got into a new group, uh, a new group that was exciting, a group that was positive, and I always abuse this, and it's not original to me, but you're the average of the five people you hang around with. And so oftentimes, when you're running around with people who are negative, who are not really going anywhere, and you were able to seek that new group and find out that you could set goals, but more importantly, Heming, what you didn't say is you learned to deal with other people, but most importantly, you learned to deal with yourself. I just wrote that down <laughs> because <laughs> I said, you learn to deal with yourself because yeah, it starts absolutely. with self first and yeah. then you begin to make that journey. I, I, I really thank you so much for sharing this because there are certain sure. steps um, and I think you uh, absolutely share something. I think many people think that, you know, you had to come from poverty situation, you were on the streets, you had this, but you came from a positive, more of a positive situation sure. and had something happen to you. But I'm going to say this, in a way, I'm glad, I shouldn't say it in that way, but let me put it this way. What was meant <laughs> to be um, a, a disaster in your life was turned around to become a greatness in your life and for you to step into your greatness. And sometimes we don't look at things that way, but that's what you're actually sharing today. Out of that despair has come greatness. So the mentorship 
that you received, I mean, because I know that you went to, you know, you, you had such success because you went to NYU and then you went to law school. My goodness, how did that all come about? <laughs> well, mean, the, uh, the, the, the group that, I, that I, I met, I was so excited about working. Some, some, let me take a step back, if I may. I was so excited about working with this, with this group. And I became successful in this company. I, 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 and it was a, it was a, it was a bizarre, a bizarre, extraordinarily strange business and world. Uh, and and that's one of the lessons that I that I mm-hmm. try to, to to really to, to, to communicate. Your mentorship comes from the strangest places sometimes. Yeah. And 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 just be ready for it. Be open. You know, mm-hmm. to the young people out there, be open. And also, if parents, if you're not able to get through to your teenagers, you know, maybe you you want to get other adults involved, and maybe it'll come from them. So for this group, I became I became successful, and I and I uh, I stayed with that company for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, and did very well, unfortunately. And you can uh, we can talk about this offline. Some really th- some things happened to to drive that company into the ground, and some some real life uh, real life challenges, which mm-hmm. uh, which left me again after a year back where I was when I was sitting in the hospital at Holy Name Hospital in Teaneck, New Jersey, with my broken back. <laughs> what do I do now? And I fell into a, I fell into another depression, which was oh, actually. Wow. Dr. Mm-hmm. Young, yeah, deeper than the one before, because now that that company uh, was no longer in business and I was no longer able to 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 uh, glean from those those individuals, I, I went back back uh, to my own self and 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 again in in, in a process self discovery. Okay. Uh, through through a series, yeah, through a series of fortunate events, I was able to uh, start to read and listen to personal development. Uh, personal development books, audios, uh, that sort of thing, and and re- I realized that the things that I had learned from my mentors, I could apply them in other areas. And even though okay. that company was yeah was no longer in business, I could apply it to other areas. And I well, realized, you know what? yeah, him and we're gonna take a quick break because we're gonna come back because I'm gonna go back to what do I do now I'm back in the same situation so listeners I want you to stay tuned because we're gonna hear how he turned it around again so we'll be right back with you in a few minutes so stay tuned Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within. But many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hi there, and welcome back to this very entertaining discussion with my guest today, Hemant Morales, who's a best-selling author, professional keynote speaker, 
critically acclaimed educator and filmmaker. So we are now back discussing what happened when the business folded, and he is back in despair and going into that pain again, not once, but twice. And he's met some young men, I'm assuming they're men, (laughs) young men, maybe, and women, that have given him some critical life lessons okay so share a little bit about what do i do now <laughs> well yeah it's it's again it's interesting to me and and i'm i try to bring it into a, a, a short a short encapsulation of of what happened but at that time getting in back into the the teenage mindset by then i had i had quit high school uh i was a high school dropout and i i had a lot of um a lot of introspection mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to engage in, and eventually, after I went into a, uh, really, it was a depression. At this point, it was a depression because I felt okay. like I had accomplished something and lost everything. So it wasn't Even despair. Though, we go to depression now. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a depression. If when thinking mm-hmm. back on it, mm-hmm. and because I I had told all my friends that they were crazy going to college and going off to the military, that by the time they got out, I was going to be a multimillionaire, and I. And I, I made fun of all my friends for carrying on with their lives. And so Why I, did you have to eat crow? I had to eat some crow. And <laughs> But what I did was, through a fortunate series of events, I was able to get a hold of some audio programs and some books mm-hmm. and started reading and started listening. And I said, oh, my God, the things that I was learning from my mentors, these are things you can read in books and what a concept! I never, I never thought that you could that that would that that was something that was possible. Like you could have a book that would teach you about success. Again, getting back into that simple teenage mindset, mm-hmm. uh, I was probably at a 15-year-old reading level. I did not feel smart. I felt like a blockhead, like somebody who was just not. And I wasn't. I was not. I was not an educated person, and I did not. I wasn't even smart enough to know what had happened to me. Right by that point. Right. So, so I start. I get into this mode where, okay, I'm listening, and there's some of the people that I listened to at that time. Uh, really, Dennis Waitley was a big influence, a mm-hmm. uh, huge, huge influence. And because he was an educated person, and because he was a he he coached Olympic athletes, and that was about the time when the United States was just in the Olympics and. And in the 80s mm-hmm. and all, and, and the Olympics, I should say, were in California and, 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 and was hosted here. And he was part of that group that coached Olympic athletes. I could relate to him. And I realized that I needed to get smarter. I realized that I needed to become educated and learn more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I and, and also I needed to forgive. I needed to forgive my my. Uh, my mentors for quote unquote abandoning me, even though that's not what happened. But at the time, I was still, mm-hmm. still you very felt naive. that way. Uh, yeah, it felt like they were, like I was abandoned. Mm-hmm. And also, I had to get into a learning mode. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the things that I was learning in these audio programs and in these books were things that I already knew. And if I applied them to school, that I could get smart and I could become an educated person to the thrill of my estranged father who basically disowned me when I I quit high school. That was like, you don't do that. What is wrong with you? Um, And in the town that I grew up in, the only people that that dropped out of high school were juvenile delinquents or drug addicts. That's how it was. It it was not something that, that, that happened. It was, you graduate high school, it's the least you could do, right? For your parents anyway. And so I... I went back to my high school that I basically terrorized for two years, and I met with the principal of the high school, and I explained my story, and and, and, and as you said, ate a lot of crow. My tail was between my, my legs, and he he was gracious enough to, to, to give me the materials to get my GED, oh, and I right. did that. Right. And I, I studied I studied Dr. Young in my uh, in a in a, in an attic in a sh- attic crawl space. I had my books there in a little lamp. I was so embarrassed that I was taking my doing my high school diploma. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to <laughs> you know. You don't want anybody right? to know. No, nobody knew. Not even my mom. She thought oh. I was out. Oh yeah, and I did it, and I got my diploma, and I brought it to my father. And again, it would, that was a difficult time for us because he really didn't talk to me that whole during during that whole time. And I brought it to him, and he hung it up on his wall next to his medical degrees, and and it was a proud a proud moment for for yeah. him. And I enrolled in in community college, and at community college, I again applied the the, the same principles of 
success that I had learned and I, I, I applied it to working with my professors and, and I explained to each of my professors, hey, I'm at a remedial, uh, uh, remedial learning level, but can you help me? You know, can you give me extra, give me extra work and I'll get, I'll do well. And, and I, I finished my first year at community college with uh, straight A's, no, no A minus, oh, all A's. Oh yeah. And I, I remember I had to take a speech class and I was so nervous because the only people I'd ever spoke in front of were, were other, you know, business guys like me and, and, and kind of street guys. And it was very, it was very humbling to do that. And, and so the, the, uh, the, I want to transfer over to NYU. That was my, my goal. I don't want to be in here in community college for two years. I want to transfer. And I went to go see the, the, the admissions people. And again, I, I used the skills that I learned. I, I talked to them. I, I found out what, the, what do you want? They're like, they said, well, you, we don't accept one-year transfers here at NYU. You have to, at that time, I don't know how it is now, but at that time, mm-hmm. uh, you have to finish your associate, associate's degree, which is two years. And then, then we'll, if you succeed, we'll, 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 we'll look at accepting you as a third-year student here at NYU and and I I just said there's got to be a way is there any way I can do this I don't want to be in that in that in that community college for one more year and she said well there is uh, uh, there's a summer program at Harvard University that you can it's open enrollment you can get you can definitely go and it's real Harvard classes real Harvard professors and it's going to be difficult you'll it's going to be the most difficult thing you've ever done but if you succeed there, then we would possibly, <laughs> we possibly, would possibly, possibly <laughs> accept you. as a one-year as a as a one-year transfer uh, into NYU. And I remember, I never forget the, even the amount of money I, I emptied my savings account. I had still had money saved up two thousand four hundred and two dollars. <laughs> I wrote a penny. <laughs> to Harvard University, and I and I got in my car and I drove to Harvard and I spent two months at Harvard. Uh, I lived in the dorms. I went to. I took two classes. I took calculus and economics, and I and it was true. I I never worked harder, uh, and it was interesting because the, <laughs> the uh, mind you, two, a year earlier I was uh, high school dropout, uh, basically uh, on the streets, and and a year later at at Harvard, and I got I had more visitors than anybody in that summer program. I bet. Because they couldn't believe, nobody could believe that they came to, just to see, you know, just to see, just to see. And uh, people would take the five-hour drive. It's five hours to drive up from New Jersey up to Boston. We see this man. Yeah, they, the even my grandfather, even my grandfather didn't believe it. My grandfather came up to see for his own, with his own eyes. Right? And so, and so. What an incredible story. It was unbelievable, and it was such a uh, such such an experience. The professors, the people, the library, the majesty, the history of being at that school was just uh, to me. It was it was very exciting, and I I drove as fast as I could with my B plus and my A minus from Harvard to NYU. <laughs> and by the time I got there, I didn't know that they communicated. I I brought her my grade. She said, "Well, they already called, so you're in." And oh, that's how I got into and NYU. That's how and you got into NYU. Yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, God, yeah. that is a terrific. <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> that is a story. I know that's in one of your books. It's so. in the. It's in the book. Uh, it's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> I just spoiled it for everyone, but it's okay. There's more in there. So. Well, it's probably. I know it's in the Big Brain Bunch. <laughs> it's probably in the Big Brain Bunch. <laughs> well, the, the, story, the, the Harvard story is in the Dirt Merchants. There's different oh, lessons in the, in the Big Brain. Well, that was my yeah. walk-on role, my walk-on movie role. Yeah, okay. there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was so intrigued by you when I first met you because of your enthusiasm and energy and knowing that you do what you do because there's such a love for people. I mean, you just exude that. What is the biggest lesson that you share with parents today? Based well, on your experiences. Yeah, well, the, 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 the parents, it depends on what age we're talking about in terms of dealing with their kids. I, uh-huh. I, I have a, three, a three-phase a approach. There's, 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 and I have four now, so I can speak from experience, but also from what I've learned and gleaned uh-huh. from the experts I work with. You know, when, ki- when kids are babies, it's one thing. You know, lots of attention, lots of, of touching, lots of hugging, lots of positive reinforcement. Uh-huh. Uh, when they become, I call them, I call them kids. You know, when they become seven, eight, nine, ten years old, getting involved with uh-huh. them, paying attention to what they're interested in. I've got twin nine-year-old twins, and and and, yeah. and I I want to know what 
Yeah, I want to know what they're interested in. I want to know mm-hmm. what they what they want, and they appreciate the attention. They appreciate that you care about them, and, and you're giving them attention, and love is what they need. They need attention, mm-hmm. time, uh, and presence, your presence, and, and that's really it. Now, I tell parents also, if you didn't do these things when the kids were little, you're going to pay a price when they when they become teenagers. It's as simple as that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the kids who rebel, my my uh, uh, teenagers, well, uh, uh, Damon is 20 now, uh, and my daughter's 17. My my teenagers, oh my yeah, mm-hmm. my teen, and I have full full custody of my daughter, and I've always had joint joint custody of my kids, and that's a whole other whole other topic. Bye. But but the the they they never rebelled. And against uh, me, be- because I, one one is good fortune. One one reason is good fortune, but mm-hmm. the second reason is that I spent all the time myself and and their mom spent the time when they were little, uh, and then when they get bigger, they don't feel a need to rebel because you you mm-hmm. develop that relationship. Now, if you haven't developed that relationship, then you got work to do, and you right. may have to start as right. as as a friend first. It's right. hard. It's really hard to not put all the the disciplines in place when the kids are young and then all of a sudden when they're teenagers they expect that you expect them to listen to you and it's not, it doesn't work that way right uh, right teenagers are naturally rebellious teenagers are, are they're, they're, they're coming of age they're discovering their wants and needs they're they're developing their brains and they're, they're becoming their own people and uh, it's hard to, to do that but if you set the stage when they're younger it makes it easier when they're older so so the the, the biggest if for, for, for parents with teenagers the biggest uh, piece of advice I could give them is spend mm-hmm. the time to get to know your kids if you didn't do it when they were younger and if you did do it when they were younger then spend as much of your time as possible helping them develop their life purpose what they love and the life purpose is a combination of what you love to do in my opinion what you love to do great. Yeah, what you love right. to do in, in, and what you could be great at. And a lot of people forget the second part, but success and achievement is fun. Success and achievement uh-huh. and, and, and hitting goals is, 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 is exciting and fun for all ages. Um, I, I use this example all the time. I'm a, I'm a huge basketball fan, and uh, Kobe Bryant was my favorite basketball player for 20 years uh, that he played <laughs> basketball. I followed him since he was a kid. And and Kobe, I've I've followed Kobe Bryant when he was on championship teams, when the, when uh-huh. when he won championships. And right. I've also been following Kobe Bryant when he was on last place teams. Now mm-hmm. this is somebody who plays basketball for a living, plays basketball since he's a kid, uh, and uh, makes all the money in the world. But he's so much happier when he's winning than when he's losing. So mm-hmm. emphasize. What somebody because it's one thing if you are love to be an artist but you're not any good, any good at it. It's not going to give you happiness. You're going to be upset. It's going to give you it's going to give you pain. Find something that you love, but something that you're good at or could be good at if you develop that or could be great at, and that's where again you have both those things going. So, biggest advice for parents of teenagers: help your kids develop their life purpose and make it about them, not about you. This is not mini me. There, it's not what you want. It's what they want, it's what they and it's want. what it's what it's what's going to drive them. Because if you push them into an area that's not their passion, they're not going to be happy. If you push kids to go to college and take courses that they're not interested in because something that you want, you're, these are the kids that what they wind up going to school for four years and they wind up back on your couch after four years because they don't haven't developed what they want. They're doing it for you. So make it about them, and you'll be you'll be so much happier. And you're and so much more harmonious. That's 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 a lot of advice, but that's <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, I think yeah. it's very good for for parents to hear that. And of course, you've experienced a lot of this yourself. But you know, I want to get back to a very intriguing question. Um, you uh, attended NYU, and then you went to law school. My my intriguing question is how you went from law school to an interest in movies and why. So I wanted to know that because sure. from law school to making movies, that, that. so what sparked your interest in well, movies? Here, here's mm-hmm. where, where for, for, for me, I went to law school not necessarily to become a lawyer. I went to law school because I had the opportunity mm-hmm. and I wanted the education uh, and I wanted to learn more. And, and really business was more my, my, my thing and, and, and even more specifically, uh, speaking and coaching people was something that I always loved to do. And okay. 
and, and so that's uh, where how that started. And by my by my senior year of law school, I was already uh, I was already full time succeeding and doing well. And what my passion was 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 public speaking, coaching, sales training. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I was in law school at, at night. I did that during the day, and and I was succeeding at that. And really, uh, the, 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 the book writing and the filmmaking came as an extension of the speeches because I would tell, you know, I would tell all these old war stories about when I was a teenager in these sales, <laughs> in these sales classes and people couldn't believe like that these stories, right? They, it's like what we're talking about now. And I would talk, I would talk for two hours, three hours and, it was, and they, I would get requests for, you know, tell us a story about the burning car. Tell us when you broke the record. Tell us about the snowstorm. Tell us about the, there's different things that happen where you couldn't believe it. This you know, and again, the the, the, the the world I was in was a bizarre. You had to be basically, you had to have thick skin, and and be willing to do whatever it takes, and and that's what I was teaching. And and those stories, I said, well, uh, you know, my my son about seven eight years ago, my son was was becoming a a teenager, and he was getting to the age where I was when I started having my problems in life. And I said, well. Uh, and I got away from my passion a little bit. I got away from the speaking, and I kind of semi-retired, and I was off track. I really was. I was not. Mm-hmm. I was not. Um, uh, not fulfilling what I what what I should have been doing. I was mm-hmm. just not not mm-hmm. not there. And I said, well, I got all these notes from all these speeches. What if I wrote these down and put them in a put them in a book? You know, I could write a book, and people might want to read the book. That was the Good idea. Good job. Good yeah, job. Yeah, and then and then I learned how to write, and it was a whole other learning curve, and it, <laughs> it was fun. And then I. I, I did that and, and, and the first book and then I wrote the second and then the people, my friends in the entertainment, entertainment business uh, insisted that I make a movie out of my book and I, I said, I don't know anything about making movies, I'm not interested and they said, no, we'll help you and, 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 and sure enough, now we have not only, I've not only written five books and, yeah. uh, and, and two movies, we just finished our second film which is a uh, first of a uh, the first of a three part uh, a three part franchise, and we're just now distributing it. and And the whole idea is storytelling, Doctor Young, telling stories, mm-hmm. inspiring people. I, I the the movies and the books they're chock full of knowledge and and life lessons and the things you learn, the good decisions, the bad decisions, the consequences of, of, of your, your choices. And again, it's geared towards young, all geared towards young people, but mm-hmm. these are lessons that we all need to relearn as we embark on new projects. Right. And also, Absolutely. as we, we may forget, you know, we forget or you need a fresh voice and you need somebody to say, hey, you know, you're, you're, just because you're not a teenager anymore doesn't mean you don't need to apply the simple things that we're teaching here. here you know, Absolutely. we need to apply it now. And, well, and, and we're going to uh, take a quick break, and sure. <laughs> we're going to be right back because we got a lot more with him and Morales. So stay tuned, and you won't want to miss this last part that we're going to cover. So stay for listening. on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
Hi, and welcome back to my fabulous discussion today with Heming Morales, which I'm going to title this show, The Many Lives of Heming Morales. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, and you know, he's written uh, several books and films, The Dirt Merchants, The Big Brain Bunch. He has a film called Romancery and Rebellistic, and The Dirt Merchants film, and the last one, and hero. So this is a man of many talents, and I know that you've enjoyed listening to his story today. But I want to, I'm so intrigued by one of the things I wanted to share, some of the biggest lessons that are, that you can share with teens today, and my millennials, because I'm so concerned about them. So what are some of the things that you share with them today? Because you call kids of all ages, all of us can learn, you know that? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, Doc Young. We're all kids at heart, or yeah. I am anyway. I'm, I'm this I big kid. Too. And my favorite thing is playing with my, my, my kids. So I guess I'm still, still a kid. But here's where, here's where I, 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 I like we can get a little more serious about the issues that are going on with young people. And mm-hmm. if you are a, um, a, a coach, a teacher, a parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent, dealing with any of these things, I would, I would really, it would be my pleasure my pleasure to share uh, some of the things that are going on and solutions, and it would make me very happy if if that helps helps you all to deal with what, what what's happening with some of the, some of these situations. Right. right. And then uh, and yeah, and how I how I communicated in in uh, in lectures and in in, in my my books and and uh, you did some good research. You were mentioning and hero some projects that are just uh, that are yeah. That are, uh, I did that are my research behind the scenes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. So here's what I would, there's, there's several things that are going on. First off, the, the, some of these millennials, they don't like to be called millennials. Just so you know, I, I, some oh. of them don't care, but some of them are like, because it, kind of, it almost has like a negative, a negative uh, uh, association. Okay. Um, it's, uh, but this group, which is really, really late teens and, and early 20s, there's a new, a new group coming along, which is Generation Z, which are coming of age as well. Uh, but the teens and the twenty-somethings are dealing with uh, issues that we've never had to deal with a generation ago or, or, or prior, and they are. Um, they this this is a generation that is the most sophisticated of any generation that we've seen. They're smarter. They are ta- technically savvy. They're entrepreneurial. Uh, they are um, socially conscious. So this is a this is a generation that has so much going for it. And at the same time, there are issues going on that are just um, almost shocking that that, that these mm-hmm. things are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, uh, I'd like to just share share real quick is the issue uh, with the uh, uh, with the, our soldiers, uh, our soldiers uh, coming back from 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 their service, and mm-hmm. and and the 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 the, uh, the issues that they're dealing with, uh, integrating back into society. Mm-hmm. Again, a generation ago, we really didn't have that as part of uh, the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're seeing that we've been on and off a war for it's been 15 years now, you know, or right. longer, you know, uh-huh. and uh-huh. and what we've have is we have a whole generation of of quote unquote kids that have come back from from war, which we never had before. And again, I know we had that was Vietnam before my time. It was Vietnam, but it's very different because Vietnam mm-hmm. was a very short period of time, and it was different issues. I'm not minimizing what happened, what what, what our right. Vietnam vets had to go through, but it's a right. different issue because now it's 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 more widespread and dealing with 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 those uh, those issues is something that is is important and my 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 uh, advice to those of you coming back uh, from service is to seek out there's so many programs seek out help don't be don't feel like you need to go through this alone there are so many organizations now uh, that 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 will help uh, and just seek them out and if you need resources for that let me know I've got some really really high level young 20 something um, war heroes veterans who work 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 with me on my projects and they can they can coach and mentor you or they can point you in the right direction ask questions seek out information is what I would say uh, for that for that group because there are solutions mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and something again that that, that that's near and dear uh, to my heart the issue um, uh, the, the drug abuse issue, uh, Doctor Young, among young young people, and drugs have been part of teenage lives and, and you know experimentation uh-huh. for multiple mm-hmm. generations. Mm-hmm. But today is different, and I'll tell you what's different about today is the access that these kids have uh, to uh, drugs, and also the pharmaceutical drugs that are being prescribed to kids. 
probably when I was a teenager, I, you know, when I hurt my back, I probably would have been prescribed one of these drugs today. And I could have got hooked on drugs very easily. Right, right. Because these, because, so, so I work with, with organizations uh, that are, are lobbying for increased labeling of drugs. And, 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 and again, uh, for those parents who are going through that and for kids that are going through that, um, it, it is, uh, it, it's something I would just say, seek out information, seek out mentorship. It's much better. Mm-hmm. It's much better for, for your life, for everyone else's lives around you, not to be involved in substance mm-hmm. abuse versus being involved in substance abuse. It's just, it's just so much of a better life. And again, getting back to what is your purpose? What are you here for? What are you mm-hmm. meant to do? And young people who have a purpose, have a goal, have a mission are less likely to get involved uh, right. in the drug world right. than those that that, that, that don't. That so that's don't. Right. that's one of the issues that I that that, that we talk about. Um, the uh, there's a there's an an, an obvious an obvious need to talk about the violence in our young men and the, the, the what's happening, bringing weapons to school, bringing uh, bringing explosive devices to school with intent to hurt somebody else. Again, Doctor Young, these are things that di- that didn't. It wasn't one of the things that you thought about when no. in my time, and I'm a Gen Xer, Not so my I thought, time either. Yeah. yeah, because you just don't. It just wasn't. No matter how bad things got for me as a teenager, I never thought of, hurt, of hurting somebody else. I never thought of. I mean, I got into fights, but I would just pick fights with bigger kids and and try to prove myself. It wasn't. I wasn't trying to hurt anyone. And and. and <laughs> And I'm not justifying it. I'm saying that wasn't my intention. Uh, and uh, yes, there's there's always outliers. There's bullies and this and that. But it wasn't it wasn't guns, and it wasn't it, it just didn't exist. It was something that was now you have this as an issue, and it's something to deal with. And again, it goes back to excessive excessive uh, violent images that the kids see on TV and video games. Uh, for parents, uh, for 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 young men, for young men especially, I'm t- talking to you guys right now. Is get off those video games. Limit it if you if you must limit it, uh, just because it's just not it's too much it's too much information uh, going into your brain that is that is making it okay uh, to to act out violently. That's what it does. And you're you're a, you're right. and I know you preach this all the time, Doctor Young. You're I do. A, you're a product of what comes into your brain and what you, what goes in goes out. That's, you know. That's so totally right. So just limit it if you have to. Uh, parents uh, of little kids limit that stuff. My kids have limited TV, and I've been doing it since Damon was a baby. He had limited TV, limited uh, violent <laughs> images, and you know he you, they grow up and they're not violent. It's yeah. not it's not rocket <laughs> no. science. It's very no. much common sense. But if you're caught up in that, limit right. it. Do what you can. Right. And again, Doctor Young, isn't it interesting? We go back to the original premise. Develop your life purpose. What do you love to do? What do you love to do? Absolutely. Unless you're a competitive, unless you're a competitive gamer, and I know there are those out there that that's what <laughs> yeah, you love, and, but, and you're but. good at it. Hey, maybe that's your thing. But keep in mind that the images that you're letting into your brain are affecting your actions. And if you're feeling like, like you know, you're getting into a violent, a, a violent place, then you know, cut back on it. And it's not just video games. We talk about TV, uh, movies. Uh, that sort of thing, and last but not least, the teen suicide issue is something uh, that is, yeah. again, shocking that there are teenagers taking their lives, uh, and we don't need to talk about the issue, or maybe we do. It's it's an epidemic, is what it is. Well, I think uh, when you when you talk a little bit about your experiences at fifteen, uh, fifteen to seventeen, like you really don't know. Everything is absolute. It's either good or it's bad. So if it's so bad, then I don't want to be here anymore. So they don't see it in terms of rationalizing, I have a lot to live. I can overcome this. So I'm seeing, sensing some of that. That's like you said it earlier. When that happened to you, all you could see was bad. And you went into despair, which later went into depression. And so there's not enough, uh, I think, adults that really see the warning signs. Or I think we're so caught up with our own things that we don't recognize what's happening with other individuals. Because like you, you didn't share with anyone what you were feeling. And so a lot of the teenagers and some young adults and even adults the same way, they're feeling this. So my heart goes out and I want to thank you for sharing these things and speaking to our young people and those who are young at heart today. But I have one last question for you as we begin to wrap up the show, because we could have part two with you. 
<laughs> because you got so, I mean, part two is for sure. Because right. you have done so much. You're, um, you're producing a youth mentorship program at UXC. You're publishing two more books by the end of this year. You've released your second film, Rebelistic. And you're developing another short film to benefit the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which we just talked about. And that's in uh, that's you've done. And then you've got your second feature film, The Dirt Merchants. Hemming, I so admire your hard work. You continue to be one of the hardest working men in business I know. <laughs> and I don't know where you get all your energy, but I think it comes from above. <laughs> yes. But I have one last question I want to ask. Sure. Last minute, you can make this a quick sentence. What encouragement would you give to those who are reaching yet for that something? And they feel like they're a failure. Maybe like you, something in their life fell apart with an injury, a divorce, loss of a child or what. That success in life, what would you say to them as we close the show today? Wow. Well, in, in, in short, don't ever give up. Yes. Don't ever give up. Uh, Les Brown said, if I, if, if, if I can look up, I can get up. <laughs> so unless you're baby boy. He would say I'm Mamie's baby boy. <laughs> yeah. So that was always remember that one. No matter how bad it gets, never give up and understand that everybody, no exception, has to go through hardship, despair, issues, challenges in order to succeed. It's you're you're not immune from that. What you need to do if you're in that place is understand that this too shall pass. Never give up on yourself. And then once you get past the, the point of despair or the point of, of, of upset, then look towards, look towards your, uh, your passions. Look towards your passions, your goals, your dreams. And that will bring you back into the moment. And it, you'll get the power and the energy to move forward on things. And just have faith that it will happen for you. Well, I really want to thank you so much for being on my show today. This, this, You're is welcome. A, this has been a wonderful experience. And I have just got to uh, close the show with saying, we got to have you back. we got to have you back. Okay, but, no problem. Anytime. And you know, uh, William James once said, if we change the inner attitudes of our minds, we can change the outer aspects of our lives. So in your mind, don't give up as Hemming has said, and I just want to thank you. And listeners, if your friends missed today's show, remember they can download it later on Transformation for Success Empowerment or Women's Channels on voiceamerica.com. And again, I want to thank you for listening. And Hemming, I got to have you on TV on my television side of the house. <laughs> Absolutely, you got it. It was so great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much Pleasure. for taking time from your busy schedule to be on the show. So until next week, we will have another great guest on. And this is Dr. Barbara Young signing off until next Tuesday. Until then, be blessed, be safe, and be forever transformed. Thank you, and have a great time. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week. 